The time is now. Welcome again to 2023. This is Volume 7, Episode 124 of Employment Law Now. I am Mike Schmidt, your host of the podcast and the Vice Chair of Labor and Employment at Cozen O'Connor. For those of you who are waiting for me to come on to the podcast one of these days and say, sorry, nothing to talk about, And then simply just keep playing my cute little jingle at the top and at the end of this podcast. Well, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer because there is no shortage of news, no shortage of trends and developments in the labor and employment field to talk about. And this episode is no different. For those of you who listened to my last episode just last week, I told you that I was planning on doing a two-part to start the new year to talk about labor and employment issues that I think you and your organizations should be thinking about. Because the FTC gave us this New Year's gift, which could potentially be so significant to organizations around the country, I devoted last week's entire episode to just that development. And as significant as that is, there are a lot of other issues that I did want to talk about, and that's where this part two of the so-called two-part start to 2023 comes in. In this episode, I want to talk about the top 10 other labor and employment issues that I think you should be thinking about in 2023. So let's get started. Number one, let's talk about 2023 itself. There are many people who are expecting a recession, perhaps a really tough labor market out there over the next 12 or so months. With a tough economic climate, with a tough labor market, comes a lot of issues. Terminations, wage and hour claims by those who are terminated or those who think that they should be paid more or are entitled to get more and for some reason weren't. WARN Act, either the federal WARN Act or the state baby WARN Acts where they do exist, that provide certain requirements for employers who engage in certain types of mass layoffs or plant or facility closings. With the recession, with a tough labor market, is going to come certain issues where employees are making claims that their terminations and the information, the documents, and the pay that they received upon termination or did not receive violates some law. With this kind of climate, I think you're also going to be seeing a lot more in the way of union organizing 
and traditional labor relations issues. We're already seeing a lot of that and hearing a lot about in the news with very large companies dealing with union organizing and the filing of representation petitions to be recognized as uh, the representatives of employees. We think you're going to be seeing a lot more of this, and we think that the federal agencies involved are going to be coming out uh, and speaking on various union-related issues, union-related rules uh, in the coming months. So it's important for you and your organization to just step back and give some thought to how the uh, economic client, how the climate, how the potential recession that we will be seeing in 2023 impacts employer and employee relations. Let's get a little bit more specific. Issue number two, pay equity and pay transparency. We have been seeing for the last couple of years around the country, various states get real active in this area. New York and New York City has been among the jurisdictions getting active here. And the premise is that we want to eradicate pay inequity, gender pay, but also minority pay. How do we go about doing that? Well, we enact and enforce regulations that try to help eradicate pay inequity. For example, we saw in certain jurisdictions the ban on asking about and relying on salary history when you are interviewing applicants for potential jobs. More recently, we have seen jurisdictions enact laws that require companies to post in their written job postings or their written advertisements the salary ranges for particular jobs. Again, the feeling is if we can be transparent in our pay, we will more likely get rid of the inequity when it comes to pay. So we expect to see more jurisdictions getting into the ring when it comes to pay equity, pay transparency rules. And we also expect to see an increase in 2023 in litigation, not just based on those new laws that are being enacted, but when it comes to claims that whether it's gender-based or based on some other protected class, an organization's pay is inequitable. Issue number three, President Biden's administration. This administration is becoming more active as we continue through the first term of President Biden's stay in the Oval Office. As we get closer to the end of the first term, will we see even more of a push to get things done on the federal legislative level? Well, as we got to the end of 2022, we saw President Biden sign into law some really significant things that many of you may not have been aware of. First, on December 7th, 2022, President Biden signed the Speak Out Act that limits the enforceability of pre-dispute non-disclosure and non-disparagement clauses relating to sexual assault and sexual harassment claims. You will remember, because we talked about it on this podcast, 
Back in March of 2022, President Biden signing into law an act banning the forced arbitration of sexual assault and sexual harassment claims. This December 7th new law comes on the heels of that. Again, trying to address sexual assault and sexual harassment claims and the notion that companies have been able to sweep those types of claims under the rug. So now, beyond prohibiting forced arbitration of those claims, we are now going to be precluding pre-dispute, non-disclosure, and non-disparagement clauses relating to claims of sexual assault and sexual harassment. The new law only applies to claims that are filed after December 7th, 2022, and the new law does not seem to apply to a resolution of claims, to non-disclosure and non-disparagement clauses that are put in agreements to resolve claims even of sexual assault and sexual harassment, but rather the prohibition extends to pre-dispute clauses. Three weeks later, literally right before the New Year's Eve ball dropped, on December 29th, 2022, President Biden signed into law two pieces of legislation passed by Congress as part of the funding bill. And these are significant, and I hope you're aware of them. First is the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. The Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. Covered employers, those covered under the Federal Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA, must now provide reasonable accommodations to allow pregnant workers to perform the essential functions of their job. This concept of having to reasonably accommodate workers who are pregnant has already been recognized under the laws of many other states, but this is the first time that federal law will recognize this obligation. There has been on the federal level the Pregnancy Discrimination Act, but that required or I should say it prohibited discrimination on the basis of pregnancy. At least on the federal level, there had not been a duty to reasonably accommodate pregnant workers as there had been for disabled workers. Now the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act is essentially putting pregnant workers on the same level as disabled workers in requiring covered employers to engage in the interactive process and potentially have to provide reasonable accommodations. The second significant law that President Biden signed on December the 29th was the Providing Urgent Maternal Protections for Nursing Mothers Act, or PUMP, as the acronym goes. This new law requires employers who are covered by the Fair Labor Standards Act, the FLSA, to provide reasonable break time for all employees to express breast milk and requiring covered employers to provide certain clean and private spaces for women to do so. Again, this has been in existence on the state and local levels for some time now, but it is the first time that federal law is providing this type of requirement. Issue number four that I think you should be thinking about for 2023 
paid time off, and leave issues. Whether it has to do with COVID-related still or separate and apart from COVID, we are seeing more states and local governments pass regulations addressing the use of paid time off and the use of leave, particularly paid leave, for certain situations. I think you will continue to see in 2023 more jurisdictions either enact or revise existing leave laws. And I also think that we will start to see an uptick in litigation and claims filed by employees who were forced to take leave either because of some physical related condition or some sort of mental related condition. And we are seeing how mental health continues to be a big issue in the workplace. But these claims by employees talking about how they were entitled to get paid time off, entitled to get leave for either physical or mental related conditions, how those claims that they were not allowed to take the leave that they were entitled to, we think that those will be um, big claims in 2023. Issue number five, harassment, discrimination, and retaliation. Yes, these issues have to always be on our lists of top labor and employment issues that you need to be thinking about. As much as I'd love to celebrate the end of harassment, discrimination, and retaliation in the workplace, we are still a ways away from that particular party. There are contexts that I think these claims will continue to arise in. First, when it comes to remote working, And as more and more workers are engaging in remote work, they are continuing to feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more free to say and do things that would otherwise be deemed inappropriate if they were doing it within the four physical walls of your office. So I think we will continue to see harassment, discrimination, retaliatory claims by workers who are engaging in remote work. The use of artificial intelligence as it pertains to potential discrimination claims is something that we're also going to continue to see. The EEOC has been very vocal on the use of artificial intelligence, AI. And in a subsequent episode this year coming up, we will hear directly from the EEOC on further developments when it comes to AI and discrimination. I think we will also continue to see issues and claims relating to transgender and gender identity as we move forward with not only new federal laws, but state and local laws on this front as well. So harassment, discrimination, and retaliation will continue to be a hot topic as we expand the number and types of protected classes around the country as well as continuing to see claims in this area through remote work and through the use of technology and specifically artificial intelligence. Issue number six that I think you should be thinking about this year continues to be restrictive covenants. And yes, I spent last week's entire episode talking about the FTC's proposed ban on all non-competes, But putting that aside, I still think you are going to see issues relating to employee mobility make a lot of news in 2023. 
whether that is because employees will be filing lawsuits or employers will be filing lawsuits relating to signed restrictive covenants, whether you see state attorneys general or state agencies trying to restrict the enforceability of restrictive covenants, or whether you see legislatures on the state and local levels, as you have been seeing for the past few years, further restrict the circumstances in which non-competes and other restrictive covenants can be used, this will continue to be a hot topic as we also continue to monitor the process by which the FTC will receive comments from the public and go down the path of determining whether it will issue a final rule banning all non-compete agreements. Of course, as I said last week as well, if all of that survives litigation challenges. But as issue number six goes, restrictive covenants, non-compete agreements, and employee mobility generally, this will continue to be a hot topic for discussion in 2023. And as organizations, you should step back and give some thought to this issue, as you should the others. But like the others, here is where you should be thinking to yourself, hey, what are the interests that we have that we think we need to be protecting? What are our legitimate business interests that we need to be protecting? And rather than go about it in a way that may be overbroad, that may not have a great likelihood of success if challenged, how can we narrowly tailor and best and most appropriately seek to protect our legitimate interests, whatever they may be, in a way that makes it much more likely to be enforced. Those are discussions I think you should be having within your organizations in 2023. Issue number seven, wage and hour, of course. Like harassment, discrimination, and retaliation, wage and hour issues are among those that I almost never leave off my New Year's list of things to be thinking about. Will this be the year that we see a new proposed rule on the federal uh, overtime exemptions, either the salary threshold or the duties tests? More importantly, we will see further claims, further litigation, further action on the independent contractor versus employee front. On overtime challenges and wage and hour claims that are being made by those who are in the remote workforce. It is challenging for companies as it is to make sure they are complying with federal, state, and local wage and hour laws that they are paying their workforce properly for all time worked. It becomes even more challenging when your employees are no longer within the observation or within the control of management, working inside the physical office so that you know what they're doing so you can pay them properly. The more we have workers who are working remotely, the more it is a challenge for organizations to make sure they are on top of the hours being worked in order to pay employees for the hours that they are working. With technology, we will also continue to see, I believe in 2023, additional claims being made for such issues like startup and boot down time, 
that you should have been paying me, the employee, for the time spent booting up my computer, booting down my computer, for being in line for physical inspections, having to take tests, having to do X, Y, and Z that the organization is claiming isn't really part of your work responsibilities, but we are requiring that you do it either at the start or at the end of your shift. So it is important for you to take a look at your wage and hour policies, your wage and hour practices, particularly for your non-exempt workforce. Issue number eight. I believe that 2023 and most likely beyond will continue to see attempts at eroding the at-will rule. The at-will rule. Most people who went to law school know it. Most who run organizations from the CEO suite down to HR, down to many managers, know it. It is essentially this default rule that an employee who does not have any contract, any policy, or any other commitment for a specific term to be employed can be terminated at the will of the company, at will employment. We have in prior years started to see some jurisdictions try to erode that at-will principle. And oh, by the way, that's exactly what protected class issues are. The at-will rule is not a fail-safe rule. It is not without exception. Even if you are an at-will employee, you can't be fired for a discriminatory reason You can't be fired for a retaliatory reason or because you're a protected whistleblower. But as an at-will employee, a company typically does have the right to terminate the employee for any reason or for no reason as long as it's not an unlawful reason. But in conjunction with trying to afford more rights to workers, particularly lower wage workers and those workers who may not be able to protect themselves, jurisdictions around the country have been proposing and enacting legislation, especially in certain industries, to try to erode this at-will doctrine. A more recent example of that, right here in New York City, on December 8, 2022, three New York City council members proposed a bill that would provide that once an employee completes his or her probationary period, that employee cannot be fired except for just cause or some bona fide economic reason. And quite obviously, there are a lot of terms of art in that proposed bill. It's not clear whether even if passed by the city council, New York City Mayor Adams would ever sign it into law. But it is an example of something that bears watching. The erosion of at-will employment, the erosion of an organization's ability to terminate an individual for any reason or for no reason, which has been a pillar of labor and employment law for decades. Continue to watch that, and we will continue to report on those developments. Issue number nine, agencies. Agencies, you know the acronym. You know the Mount Rushmore of agencies on the federal level, as I have talked about it. The EEOC, the DOL, the NLRB, OSHA. 
It seems that the FTC is trying to make a play to add itself to the Mount Rushmore of federal agencies. But in any event, I expect 2023 to be another big year for the agencies, particularly given the current political leanings and the political majority in Washington, D.C. We think these government agencies will continue to use their resources to set regulatory agendas and other strategic agendas to protect workers and continue to pursue the mission of their respective agencies. So continue to keep your eye on what the federal agencies are doing when it comes to worker protection. And we will continue to report on those developments as well. Finally, the 10th thing that I really think you all should be thinking about for 2023, in a word, training. Training. We've been talking about training. You've been hearing about training. You've been doing certain kinds of training for years. It is more important now than ever. Training. Who are the people who tend to know a lot about these kinds of labor and employment developments that I'm talking about in today's episode? Tends to be the executive C-suite. Tends to be in-house counsel. Tends to be HR professionals, maybe benefits professionals. Those that don't tend to have as much knowledge about these issues and the do's and don'ts when it comes to labor and employment law, the managers and supervisors on the front lines, those who are dealing day-to-day with your workforce, who are getting written statements, verbal statements about disabilities and medical conditions, who are getting on a day-to-day basis concerns raised about discrimination, harassment, maybe something wrong with the individual's pay. Before it ever gets up to the C-suite or even into the offices of human resources, those who are on the front lines dealing with your workforce on a day-to-day basis may not be the ones who should be handling complaints or investigating concerns. I agree they shouldn't be. But there should be some basic amount of training and communication given to those on the front line about many of these issues that we're talking about. So at the very least, they know the kinds of things that they shouldn't be doing or saying, and they know to whom the concerns or the complaints should be given within your organization. Isn't that the whole reason you have an HR department or somebody tasked with dealing with these types of employee issues? So training, more than ever, training the appropriate individuals about many of these topics is something that I think is a critical component of your checklist for 2023 and something you really should be giving a lot of thought to. So have I left any off? Have I left any issues that you see coming down the pike, that you see as becoming or staying a hot topic in 2023 in the labor and employment world? I'd love to hear from you if you think I left anything off. I'm at mschmidt at cozen.com. I'd love the comments. I'd love the feedback. 
I so greatly appreciate all of the comments and feedback that I've gotten over the years through this podcast, and I would love to hear from you. Have I missed anything on this top 10 list? Or alternatively, is there a particular issue or a discussion you'd like to hear on a subsequent podcast episode? As always, I really appreciate you listening to these episodes. Hopefully they are informative. Hopefully they are useful to you and your organizations. Once again, I hope you, your family, and your colleagues have a terrific start to the new year. Let's hope 2023 is a real positive and successful one for everybody. And until the next time, I hope all of your labor is productive.